you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Hello and welcome back to the Master Plan, and well, today, let's just say this is an episode that I have been pondering about, and pondering about, and pondering about for quite a while now, and I am absolutely thrilled to be bringing it to you here today, an episode that I was waiting for the final shoe to drop. It wasn't going to drop. Then, something totally unexpected occurred in the media, and then a few weeks later, a certain player was uh, released and ended up on the Arizona Cardinals. That player would be J.J. Watt. The organization we are talking about today is the Houston Texans, the biggest disaster of an organization, organizational failure, and a complete dumpster fire of just just a situation. We today will be covering everything in the past just about a little over a year. It's been a little bit over a year inside the Texans organization going through the story of what they could have been, what they were, what they could have been, and what they are now, and the difference between the could have and the reality is shocking. I just want to say this. I will give my thoughts on the Deshaun Watson. I'll give my thoughts on everything today. This is this episode. This is whatever. How many minutes of pure Texans content? And for me, I mean, as a podcast host, as a uh, as as a you know writer of scripts, as a knower of what works, what doesn't, what's popular, what's not. Doing a Texans podcast, does that really increase viewership? Mm, not for me, probably not, given the fact that I'm in New England and it's just not a really big organization around here or just anywhere. However, that's not why I do these. I do these for the purpose of putting my thoughts out there, and I don't really care what you think. Now, I hope at the end of the day you've been persuaded by me. I mean, most of these are like – miniature persuasive essays or maybe not miniature maybe like me just rambling you know persuasive essays but they're persuasive essays nonetheless i think and i, I don't really know if i have to persuade you very much on this maybe you maybe you'll agree with me on some things maybe you won't At the end of the day i don't care but this is a story of the texans we'll kind of go through my thoughts and everything that's happened my thoughts and everything that could happen it's going to be incredible folks i am i am thrilled to be doing this episode. I've been waiting a long time to do it. The week is over. We have time to record. 
a beauty. A beauty of an episode. Let's jump right into it, everybody. Let's take ourselves back. Pre-pandemic. 2020. Pre-pandemic 2020. The Houston Texans traveled to Arrowhead to face off against the Kansas City Chiefs in what is expected to be a all-out fireworks show. And what happened in the first quarter? The first half, really. But mainly the first quarter and a little bit after that was totally unpredicted, unexpected, and sensational. In a matter of what felt like an instant, the Texans found themselves not up by one score, not up by two scores, not even by three scores, but by 24 points. They were up 24 to zero, up on the Kansas City Chiefs. And what followed was some of the poorest coaching decisions I've ever seen. Some of the worst play of it. It was just, it was horrendous, right? I mean, why are you going for a fake punt in your own end? Why are you fumbling a kickoff? Like, these are things that should not be happening. And, I mean, look, would Kansas City still have won the game? I, I really don't know. And, I, and again, I'm not one to speculate. I'm not, I'm not one to speculate. What if, what if this had never happened? But I think that given better management, Houston certainly would have had a better chance of winning the game. I'm not saying that they would have won the game, but it's pretty demoralizing being down 24 points. And you don't just give stuff away for free when you're up by 24. I mean, as we know now, the Chiefs are an incredibly capable team. But the Texans, you can't go up 24 and then, and then lose. It's just, it's really bad. And it really got overshadowed um, by, A, everything else that happened with the Texans and the fact that the organization just generally is horrendous, and B, the fact that the Chiefs went on to win the whole thing anyway. So it really didn't make that much of a difference in the end. Like, people don't talk about it, but that's why I'm talking about it. Because how did you go up 24 – like? Like, we give the Falcons a ton of crap, right, for being up 25 points on the Patriots, losing that lead uh, in, in, like 10, 15, in, like, 16, 17 minutes. Granted, that was the Super Bowl, and granted. But, like, they get a ton of crap for that. Now, should the Chiefs, should, should the Texans get as much? No. Should they get a lot, though? Yes, and I don't think they get enough. Um I apologize if I swore, by the way. It was just, I don't even know if I did. Anyways, they lose the game to just some of the worst management. But, like, at that time, right, the future still looked bright. You know, you have Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt. You have a, a solid team, right, a team that, you know, may be given some better protection, a better running back perhaps, a little bit better defensively, like some just improving some other pieces, I mean, you could be really, really competitive going forward, right? The future looks bright, right? And, 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 you know, it's just, you know, obviously, you know, everyone had a little bit of criticism about a lot of different players, but, but, you know, it was just, it was a great season for the Texans and they shouldn't have been, I don't think they were, I think they were disappointed in the way it ended, but 
It's like, look at it like a stepping stone. You can take that next step the next season, right? You just need to improve a little bit in other areas. This is kind of where everything falls apart. And and some I, 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 look, I'm going to attribute the blame to who I think the blame is. I think the blame for why the Texans collapsed is probably on a few people. Um, and I'm going to name those people as we go out. Okay. During the offseason, one of the premier wide receivers in the NFL, a guy who can make spectacular catches seem easy. Like he does this on the regular. We're talking like just at, like just every every day. DeAndre Hopkins is traded. And you know, we all knew this was coming. We knew that the relationship between DeAndre Hopkins and Bill O'Brien was sour. My thinking was, well, DeAndre Hopkins is a generational talent. It's not like Bill O'Brien is a generational talent, right? He's a what I would call a a decent coach and a below average GM, right? And you trade DeAndre Hopkins. So I would rather you keep DeAndre Hopkins let go of, of Bill O'Brien. But that's not the worst part of the trade. The worst part of the trade is it wasn't even a – it was a – it was it, – to this day, it is one of the worst trades I've ever seen in my lifetime. Because you are trading DeAndre Hopkins who easily garnered a first-round pick. I mean, look. Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins are at least at the same level, right? Before last season. They were at least at the same level. The Bills got gave up a first-round pick for Stephon Diggs. Why are De, why why didn't the Texans get a first-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins? But it gets even worse because they had they took on David Johnson. And maybe 2017, 2018, David Johnson, you're like, well, him in a second. I, uh, it's still not great, but it's it's not horrendous. We're talking 2020 David Johnson, right? We're talking David Johnson, who is well past his prime, dealt with injuries, and is just not that good. Plus, he's on a horrendous contract. He is on one of the most bloated contracts in the NFL. He is not good, and he's on a terrible contract. You're trading him? So you're getting him in a second for a top five wide receiver in the NFL. Like, what the hell? Like, like what? When I saw this and I said it, I said it. This is one of the worst trades in the NFL. Because, and, and I believe I covered I must have covered it at some point. Because it was just, it was just incredible that, that uh, this happened. I, I mean, Madden wouldn't let it happen. You could not do this trade in Madden. Either accepting it, like like Madden would not allow this trade to go through at all. It was like it was like yes, this trade is never going to happen. That's essentially what happened, and and that should just tell you all you need to know. So obviously, Deshaun Watson and the team are extremely unhappy because. Not only did they give away their best receiver and get a crappy running back in a second, right? But they their offensive line still struggles, right? They didn't really improve well in the draft. They didn't really do anything. No big free agency signings. And they ended up having a lot of areas on their team that could be exploited. And the team didn't improve. They went 4-12. and 12. They won four games all season. 
four games. They won four games all season, right? And and we'll get we'll we'll even take a step back in a second. Um, but we have to talk about Deshaun Watson's play because with what I would call a very minimal running game all season, it was it was it was very minimal, right? With some with with wide receiver talent, you had Brandon Cooks, who I think is, and Will Fuller, who I think are good, but they're just not special. They're good, but they're not special. They can make plays, but they're not special. Obviously, Will Fuller's on was on PD, so he missed like the last half of the season. So, with that being said, Deshaun Watson, by any measure on any team, you still would have been like, well, that dude played incredible. He threw for 4,823 yards, 33 touchdowns to seven, count them, seven interceptions, a 70.2% completion percentage, and an 8.9 yards per attempt. Those are some of the best statistics you will ever see, right? Out of any quarterback in any given season, he did this with a terrible team. So he played great. And, you know, going to the reason why the Texans – actually, you know, maybe we'll get to it later. Excuse me. But the team still sucks. Like the team outside of Deshaun Watson and, you know, maybe a couple other, you know, special players, the team still sticks. Bob, Bill O'Brien or Bob, you know, me, you know, those are his initials, fired midway through the season. They end up going 4-12, and as I mentioned before. Um, I believe Romeo Cornell took over. Um, I mean, look, he, he, I didn't expect much from him, and what we got wasn't much. Like, expectations were low. Romeo Cornell probably met those expectations for me. He went 4-8, I believe, as a head coach, which isn't great, but it's kind of what I expected given the team is just absolute crap. Um, so Bill O'Brien, who is the head coach and the GM, fired. And, and so the team sticks, right? And so recently, now, so now this is in the offseason. I don't, I'm not really going to talk about the season because there's not really anything memorable. Like they beat up on Detroit on Thanksgiving. Like, congratulations, Detroit sucks. Like, there really wasn't anything that you can say and point to and like that was really good. It, most of the season was just a complete embarrassment. Um, yeah, I mean, it just was. Moving to the offseason. So after the team. Yeah, after the regular season, the team is done. They, I mean, they were they were a playoff team for me. I, I look, you know, as much as the team wasn't very good, I expected the Titans to win the division and them to go like ten and six, right? Make the playoffs, right? Because um, you know, I felt that they were a good team. They had Deshaun Watson. I felt that they had the capabilities to to be great. Little did I know they sucked. Um, so the off season, right? Let's set the stage. For, for why Deshaun Watson is incredibly angry. So they hire a new GM. Um, I believe his name is Nick Casario. And he is the former director of player personnel for the New England Patriots. So we know him very well over here. Am I a big fan? I mean, he's good. He's not, like, incredible. But, you know, if they thought he was a great GM, then fine. So between Steve Nick Steve McNair, um, who I believe is the like like the the he's not the owner, but he's kind of the de facto runner like of, of the organization. Um, him, Jack Easterby, and uh, uh, Nick Casario, right? They have to hire a new head coach, and so they tell Deshaun Watson, "We will include your thought and opinions, right? We want to take 
all that to, into consideration um, going into who we're going to pick for the new head coach. So what's interesting is the Texans were the first team to fire their head coach. I believe, and I could be incorrect, they were either the last or second to last. I believe they were last. The last or second to last team to hire their head coach. So a team like the Lions, who fired their coach after the Texans, hired a guy before the Texans did. Right? So that in itself is an issue because all the great candidates you would expect weren't, you know, like Todd Bowles wasn't, Eric Bieniemy wasn't, Brian Leff, like not all those guys were not even given head coaching positions by anyone. Texans probably could have hired them if they wanted to, chose not to. Okay. So who is the new head coach of the Houston Texans? Dave Cully? You might be asking yourself, who is Dave Cully? Because that's what I was saying. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Did you just hire a no-name? Like, I mean, well, there were some no-names hired this year. Nick Serini, no-name. Dan Campbell, no-name. Now, does that mean they're bad? No. But I don't think that's exactly who Deshaun Watson wanted in a head coach. I don't I, speculative, but I doubt it. <laughs> let's let's look at Dave Cully. He is the former Ravens passing coach, like passing coordinator. You know, when you talk about the Ravens offense, the passing game doesn't exactly strike you as inventive, creative, complicated, or good. I believe they were 30th in passing this year. That's not, you know, obviously I think Lamar needs to get better at passing, but, I mean, golly, why are you hiring this guy as your head coach? I mean, that isn't exactly the formula, you know, for, for a winning team to hire a horrendous, a guy who is horrendous at his job in the past two years. I mean, if you're the passing coach or team and you get hired as a head coach, you better be like the best freaking passing coach of all time. He was not. Note, Deshaun Watson was not including this decision. That is, I, I don't know if that's a, I believe that's what he said. And this is also what I think. So it's a little bit of both. Meanwhile, J.J. Watt who has had many disagreements, including an argument, fight, not a physical fight, but a, 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 a verbal fight, a verbal argument with Bill O'Brien earlier this season. What about? We don't know. We may never know. Is released from the team. So someone who I would consider the heart and soul of an organization, the heart and soul of a team, a three-time defensive player of the year, only two other players are ever to do that. That would be Aaron Donald and the great Lawrence Taylor. So J.J. Watt is released. Now if you're kind of as two Texan stars that are no longer off the on the team. Interesting. Will that trend continue? We shall see. Back to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson wants to leave. So he has said publicly, just everywhere, that he wants to leave. Um, 
and 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 and, and Nick Casario, Jack Easterby, basically everyone are like, nope, well, he's gonna stay. And and for me, like here's the way I think about it, right? On one hand, right, Deshaun Watson, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to set up both sides of the argument because there are people who are like, well, Deshaun Watson, you should suck it up. And there are people like Deshaun Watson should be able to do whatever he wants. And here's the way I see it, right? I'm going to set up both arguments, and I'll set up both arguments for you. You can make your decision, and I'll give my my position on it, right? If you're on the side where Deshaun Watson should leave, right? It's in this contract that he he's allowed to leave, right? He can demand a trade. Um, the organization sucks. Uh, there's no help around him. He's a great young player and doesn't want to waste his career. Um, and that. If, you, if you're one of the people who says Sean Watson should suck it up, you know, I think the reasoning for that would be, you know, you signed a contract, right? You committed um, to the organization and you'd be kind of a crybaby to leave. I think, though, at least to my understanding, those are the two arguments, right? If I could be incorrect, but those are the way I see the two arguments, right? But here's the deal, right? Deshaun Watson signed a contract, right? And I don't think any of us could have expected how terrible the organization became, right? Like, if you get if you go to a job, right? And and you know, I mean, obviously, you don't get contracts when you're in a job, right? You kind of you, know, you get paid, right? But like, let's say you sign on, and you know, you can sign a what a letter of intent, like a commitment letter or whatever. Right. And, and, you know, you know, even with colleges and stuff like that, like, let's say you go, you commit, right. And then after you commit the college completely changes. So the job situation completely changes. Right. And it's nothing like it was, and it's not a place for you to succeed. Right. It's not a place at all for you can, for you to succeed. Like, are you just going to sit around and waste your time? No. So, because Deshaun Watson put it in his contract, right, that he can request a trade, right? And because – and I don't think it would be – I would be as angry if the Texans hadn't included – but they said they would include him in the decision. And then you don't do that. And that's why I kind of – I think that Deshaun Watson should be allowed to do what he wants to do, right? I think that he should play where he wants to play. And I think that he should be able to leave if he wants to leave, right? Because the organization is bad and we don't want to see a generational talent like him just waste it. Like it's not worth it. So that's my thoughts on him, whether he should leave or not. But let's go to the organization, right? So a possible Super Bowl contender, the Texans, goes straight to the bottom. Jack Easterby destroys a whole organization. But hey, he's a chaplain, right? He's a team chaplain. But he has Steve McNair in his pocket, right? So I want to talk about the three men. And at some point, this will be a huge YouTube video, right? Bill O'Brien, Steve McNair, and Jack Easterby. Those are the three guys I want to talk about, right? How much do we know is it Bill O'Brien's fault that the Texans organization collapsed? It's difficult to say, right? I didn't think he was good before, but I was listening to the Pat McAfee show. He brings up an in interesting point. Obviously, Jack Easterby, right, is kind of a lunatic. And kind of a cult leader, and Steve McNair 
who happens to be the owner, puts his face. I don't know. It's it's like a weird, like cultish, like relationship. It's weird. And for me, right? How much of it is Bill O'Brien's fault? I don't know. But I have to assume that it had to be over his head. Because it doesn't seem like many of the decisions that are made in the Texans organization are likely made by people who know what the right decision is. And I think that's evident in the Dave Culley hire and likely the Nick Casario hire. Those are people probably not going to challenge the authority of a man like Jack Easterby. So for me, right, is some of it Bill O'Brien's fault? Yes. Is it all his fault? Possibly, right? Possibly. Will we ever know? No. Do I think it is all his fault? No, I don't. I think it is the fault of Jack Easterby, right? I think Jack Easterby is the one that, that is making the decisions, right? Right? Or, 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 or essentially he is whispering in the ear of Steve McNair who ends up making the decision. So I feel like Jack Easterby is the main culprit, right? He was a team chaplain in New England. Like a team chaplain should not be have this much authority. Like in a football organization. It's just it's not how it works, okay? God has a place in the locker room, but it doesn't have a place in the business room, right? Of a, of an of an NFL organization. Like if you're just talking business, talking smart business, it's not about, you know, usually it's not about your your faith in Jesus that is gonna um lead you to the right direction. It might. It might lead you to the right direction. I'm I'm not gonna lie. It, it very well could lead you to the right direction. But Again, should a team chaplain be the one making the decisions? No. It should be someone who is more than qualified than him, right? So I think that Jack Easterby, if I have to put the blame on one person, I think that most of it is on him. Obviously, some of the blame is on Steve McNair for just being an absolute idiot and letting Jack Easterby do this, right? And obviously, some of it's on Bill O'Brien for not standing up a little bit more, I, I guess, um, you know, that fight with J.J. Watt, it could have been with Bill O'Brien about Bill O'Brien or it could have been a, with Bill O'Brien about someone else. We won't know. But at the end of the day, what we do know is that the Texans suck. They are one of the worst organizations in the NFL. Up there with the Detroit Lions. Like, they are horrendous as an organization. Ownership is bad. The team is bad. They're in cap hell and they suck. And the division is good. The Colts are good. The Titans are good. The Jaguars may be good. We'll see. But in the day, the Texans will suck for a long time because they're going to lose three generational talents. They're going to waste the careers of, of, of those who have played there during that time. And it's just, it's a tragedy. But it's not our fault. It is the fault of those in power, it is the fault of those in control of the situation. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that made the poor decisions. And I think the Texas organization for at least the next probably three to four years are going to be digging and clawing their way out of this. Because uh, the Laramie Tunsil trade, I mean, they, they were a first-round pick this year. They don't have a first-round pick. So, you know, unless they trade Deshaun Watson, which they might, they're not going to have a first-round pick. And, you know, Larry Mutunsel is good, but he, like, like you just you can't pay a tackle that much. You can't give that much up. So those are my thoughts, and, and that's what I got to say today. An absolute dumpster fire of an organization. I hope you guys enjoyed this one.
I've been waiting for to do it for a little while. Um, you'll hear me in the next one on another episode of the Master Plan. I believe we'll be coming cut. Excuse me, covering the NHL next. Um, doing a little bit of an update episode. So thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Master Plan. Have a great day. The game on the line. One shot. Who would you rather have taking it, Iggy or Curry? Of everyone on Golden State, open shot, fate of the universe on the line, or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth, you better hit it. I want Iguodala.